Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. Big Blue Restoration, the number one choice in water damage restoration. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith, and with us as usual from SureTop Roofing, Mr. Donnie Blanchard. How are you doing, Donnie? Doing wonderful. How are you today? Very good. Welcome to June. Yeah, it's here. Yep, and hey. vacations will be a lot different this year. Yes, sir. Looks that way. If you want to learn more about the show, you need to hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. We've got all the information there, including links to the Facebook page. Donnie keeps that updated all the time. He's also got a YouTube page. Donnie does videos now, and you can also... Ask the contractor, that would be Donnie, a question about your house. And it doesn't have to be the roof, though that is Donnie's sweet spot. As being owner of SureTop Roofing, it could be the inside, the outside, the top, the bottom. We've done landscaping questions. We've talked about swimming pools and hot tubs and fire pits. But Donnie likes to have a good challenge. So, again, learn more about the show by going to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. But today we have a very special guest, and I don't want to delay this anymore because with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's just dominated our lives for the past few months. So Donnie found somebody you ran into, <laughs> Dr. David Peden. He is joining us today. And welcome to the show, doctor. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Would you real quick give a, um, a basic description of what you do so people know that we've got someone who's very knowledgeable about information regarding COVID-19? Thank you. I'm a Senior Associate Dean for Translational Research for the UNC School of Medicine, uh, and we're uh, one of many groups at UNC uh, coordinating some COVID-19 research. And by clinical training, I'm a pediatric allergist immunologist. Could you give us a, a summary of what the coronavirus is. We've gone over it a lot over the past few months, but sometimes hearing it from a professional, it gives us more insight. Coronavirus per se speaks to uh, a type of virus uh, and viruses just like any other kind of creature uh, come in classes and groups. And the coronavirus is a specific type of virus. There are a number of cousins to the one that we're dealing with now. The SARS epidemic of, of about a decade ago and MERS, people remember that, were also caused by different coronaviruses. The specific virus that causes COVID-19 is the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Mm -hmm. If one wants to be very specific about that, these tend to be airborne viruses and they tend to enter the body through the respiratory tract. As has been well publicized, this virus probably had, had not entered human populations before and, and viruses oftentimes do this and other kinds of diseases. They jump from animal species into, into humans. Mm -hmm. uh, that happened with the SARS-CoV-2 in the fall, hence the COVID-19, because it was in 2019, uh, and it, it jumped into humans in Asia, as best as we can tell, in the late fall. And then it began, and then with person-to-person -person, uh, contact, and because it's an airborne virus, once it got into people, it, that makes it relatively easy for people to catch it from other people. So in some ways, the virus is fairly similar to other coronaviruses that we dealt with and other cold viruses. The, uh, it, it's an airborne virus. You get respiratory tract symptoms. 
the differences with this virus, and this is what we're all continuing to learn, that does impact the respiratory tract. And many, in fact, most people who get this virus are going to have relatively mild innocuous problems. And, and it's going to sound pretty much, it feel a whole lot like a cold. However, if you get really sick with it, you get really sick with it. And one of the things that's, that's relatively unique about this is that the impact of the virus is not just in the lungs. It can be really bad in the lungs, but where it gets significantly problematic is when it causes systemic or whole body inflammation. And so what happens there is that the body's immune system reacts to it, uh, and you end up with all kinds of things in other places. One of the most, from a biological perspective, intriguing things is that it can cause a clotting very easily. And in fact, that's one of the things that's happened in a lot of people is that the clotting happens in the very tiny blood vessels of the lung. So the lungs actually kind of work, but the oxygen doesn't get anywhere. And it can also cause clotting in other places. There have been well-publicized celebrities and, and, and uh, uh, entertainers who've actually had clotting to the point where they, you know, where there have been amputations because the blood couldn't get anywhere. So what's unique about this virus is the systemic impact of it in addition to uh, the respiratory tract. The other thing I did want to point out is that what's, what's emerged more recently with this disease is that, the, is that in some people, more children than not, there's an immunologic memory of this uh, that causes a thing, uh, uh, a, a multi-inflammatory syndrome that's very similar, similar to a disease pediatricians have known about for decades called Kawasaki's disease, in which there's an inflammation of the blood vessels, including blood vessels of the heart, uh, that causes a, 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 when you have this disease, you're actually no longer infectious probably, but it's the, it's the body's immune system's memory of it that causes the problem. So we're learning a lot more about this virus as it's hit us like a freight train, mm-hmm. you know, less than a year ago. This is a Carolina Contractor Show. We're talking with Dr. David Peden. And the you might be thinking for our regular listeners, <laughs> how does this relate? Well, Donnie, do you want to tell everybody how you met yeah. Dr. Peden? Yes, sir. I um, I did some work for Dr. Peden. He actually called and he had a leak. Um, we did the metal roof on the front of his house where uh, he has a metal bay window on the front of the garage. And, of course, we had several rainstorms over the last few weeks. And uh, Dr. Peden and his wife called in to have me come check out what we thought was a roof leak. As we spoke about that and several other things around the house, you know, we, we talked about uh, the show and uh, Dr. Peden and his wife told me that he was an immunologist and just explained that he had worked under Dr. Fauci and, and just really piqued my interest. So the more we talked about um, building, we went on and on to, to address several things around the house and uh, we spent a couple hours together. So when I met Dr. Peden and his wife on site, we looked at the ceiling in the garage and uh, my suspicion, we saw the small coffee stains like you normally see with a roof leak, but they were about golf ball to softball size. Normally with a metal leak, uh, metal roof leak, where the flashing meets, you have one point of entry for the water and it tends to make something more like a basketball size coffee stain. So my suspicion was right out of the gate that it may have been the brick leaking. So we talked about the orientation of their house and of course all the storms and rain seem to come from that side. Above this particular metal area, there was a gable, what we say, the, the triangular shape of the front of the house there, and it was all brick veneer. The brick veneer on the gable had never been sealed with a masonry sealant, and we've covered that on several shows, and the same principle applies to the chimney leaks we get the questions about so often. So upon looking at everything with the, the ladder, we, we concluded that it wasn't the flashing. It was, in fact, the brick. So we sealed the brick for uh, Dr. Peden and, and got him up to snuff on the uh, the roof issue, and sometime along the way, 
he offered to do a radio show with me, and I thought, why not bring why not bring the uh, the authority on this subject in and and try to tie this to what everybody wants to know. And I think you uh, got pickles out of it too, didn't you, Donnie? I did. Uh, Doctor Peden's wife is a fantastic pickle maker. She mentioned that she wouldn't give me the recipe, but she would give me the pickles. So I think that's the first time I've ever went to a leak and came away paid in pickles and banana peppers. I'll take that. Dr. Pete, I have a question, and that is we see Dr. Fauci for the past few months on all the shows with the president talking about COVID-19. He's kind of become a, a, a rock star of a sort, and you have an affiliation with him in some regard. Is that correct? That's true. So I, I did my training in allergy and clinical immunology at the National Institutes of Health and more specifically the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which is the institute that Dr. Fauci is director of. And he, he actually became the director of that institute in 1984, uh, and he's been director of it ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, to date myself, I, I arrived there as a first-year immunology fellow at, uh, in 1987. Uh, in the first year of our training, uh, the, 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 the fellows actually uh, are the staff that run the inpatient research unit for the, for the NIAID and at any given time, a third to a half of those patients were Dr. Fauci's. And at the time, what we were studying uh, was, uh, and taking care of were people who had autoimmune inflammation of their blood vessels, which is, is which is in a way is reminiscent of some of the things happening with, with COVID-19. Uh, and also, that was uh, when the HIV epidemic was first beginning to be recognized and, and new mm-hmm. treatments were being evolved. So my, my later research was with, uh, with Dr. Michael Callender and asthma, and that's where my clinical, a lot of my clinical practice is now. But my immunology training and my time at the NIH was uh, we were, all of us were very uh, much involved with Dr. Fauci and his patients. And, and I can tell you that as, as uh, brilliant and forceful and authoritative as he is on TV, mm-hmm. he's about three times that much. And, and if you're working for him, you either, you either know your stuff or you're taking a day off. No playing with Dr. Fauci. Yeah, then. no, that's a good yeah. way to be. He, he is he is completely the real deal and uh, probably one of the best doctors in the United States. Speaking of that, when if some of our listeners wanted to Google you, your name is all over the internet, and um, your wife actually smiled when she said, "You need to look this guy, look him up," and you know he's he's everywhere. So I did that, and um, I read several articles, and um, I haven't gotten into any of the the research papers and things that you put out there, but. Um, I did want to comment on the listeners. I did want to comment to our listeners that the mustache that you have in all the pictures was awesome. That's uh, I mentioned on the phone yesterday. That's I wish I could grow a mustache like that. And when we talked about it, you mentioned that you had gotten rid of the mustache because of the face mask thing that everyone's going through now. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's actually, you know, as we get into the conversation, a point I wanted to make about, uh, and, and this might be especially true for contractors who use N95 masks anyway, sometimes because of the dust that, and, and, the, and the original reason people bought them. But if, you, if you're going to use the N95 mask in, in particular, uh, if you're a guy, you need to be clean-shaven because beard and facial hair actually interferes with the seal of the mask, and, and, the, and, and it defeats the purpose of having a really effective mask if, if, if you leave the side door open, as it were. So that's uh, so. You know, our hospital said that if you're going to potentially be uh, front in front-facing activities, seeing patients who have uh, COVID-19, uh, you know, the policy was that you should be clean-shaven, and uh, and so I am now. <laughs> as long as the missus likes to baby face, that's all that matters, right? Uh, that's true. 
<laughs> happy wife, happy life. This is the Carolina Contractor Show. We're talking with Dr. David Peden. We're going to be discussing more about COVID-19, things you can do around your house to reduce the risk of spreading this virus, and, of course, in public. So, Doctor, you can hang around for a few more minutes so we can get some more questions with you. Well, that'd be great. All right. So hang on. More of the Carolina Contractor Show coming up next. We'll be back with more of the Carolina Contractor Show. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor Show, brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. Big Blue Restoration, the number one choice in water damage restoration. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And welcome back to the Carolina Contractor Show. My name's Eric Smith. Donnie Blanchard from SureTop Roofing here as well. And we have a special guest, Dr. David Peden. Now, Doctor, we went over several of the, the things you are associated with in the first segment of the show, but you are also professor of pediatrics, senior associate dean for Translational Research School of Medicine, and you also study how the environment impacts asthma and immunity. Now, I didn't, I didn't say that very well, so what can you tell people in general how that study relates to what you do? My principal job since I've been to, at UNC uh, has actually been to, to look at how environmental, how environmental pollutants impact asthma, which is my principal study, uh, but also uh, immunity and inflammation in general, because immunity and inflammation impacts all, all parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the bulk of my, per, of my research portfolio is focused in those areas. Uh, intriguingly, we're also becoming interested in how air pollution and how uh, environmental factors may modify the risk that somebody has to having a bad outcome from coronavirus. There's actually some very preliminary data looking at big populations uh, that was published out of Harvard actually you know, demonstrated that long-time pollution in urban areas may make you more prone to have significant disease associated with, with, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there's a lot of links there uh, overall. That plus my basic background in immunology is what led me to be doing uh, one of the projects that's going on at UNC now focusing on uh, COVID-19, ours is to try to get a sense of, uh, of uh, uh, how much uh, people without symptoms might have uh, might uh, have actually been infected at some point or another. But that's one of a number of studies that are going on at, at UNC. And I am going to put in one other plug uh, uh, for, for UNC. We have a number of researchers doing a lot of uh, really good work uh, in this area right now, and everyone has really, you know, answered the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the most prominent is a, is a, a virologist named Ralph Barrick, who is uh, literally was studying coronaviruses uh, with those first two epidemics I spoke to, uh, and is literally one of the world's experts on the biology of this virus. And so we're very fortunate at UNC to, to be able to. Uh, have folks link up with him and, and others in my respiratory uh, community have actually linked up with him and, and published a paper looking at where in the body the virus seems to easily hit and not. And, and the nose is actually, and the upper airway is 
one of the most avid places where the virus likes to get a foothold. So, mm. uh, so anyway, that's, uh, uh, so that's how my prior work and current work ties into the coronavirus work. All right, doctor, we know the worldwide impact of this, but I think we, for our listeners, shrink it down to the individual family. And Donnie, you had a question I, about I that. I did. We covered in our last show just how much more your house would be a part of your life. So people who were not at home so much are now spending, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 hours a day at their house and sometimes inside. But um, with with my family, I would consider my family pretty typical. I have a 17-year-old son and two daughters that are 11 and 8. And, of course, my son and I both have jobs. We're both essential workers. He has a girlfriend, and I work a lot more than he does. So we're in and out of the house nonstop, whereas my wife is a stay-at-home mother, and the girls aren't exposed to very much. Do you see a scenario where I'm putting them at any kind of risk by being in and out? And what kind of advice would you give to folks who have a mixed family of some essential workers, some not? So let me answer that first in a very, very general way. We're all in this together, and we all can put everyone at risk. So that, that's the reason why the recommendation for wearing masks in public uh, and social distancing has been so crucial. Uh, I do think that masks and social distancing have helped in North Carolina so that we did not have a New York-like experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that so, so that sounds like a, like a kind of a blah generic answer, but I think it's a really important one that, uh, uh, that anyone can put anyone at risk. Now, the real issue is what's the likelihood that you're going to do that? Uh, and a lot of that depends on the nature of your interactions and, and in your case, your son's interactions when outside the home. Right. Uh, so, so first of all, what I would say is that where we've seen workplaces or occupation or, or, or very specific settings that seem to be at higher risk for corona spread have been places where people cluster together. That's why we've seen this in, in nursing homes and in, in chronic care facilities where you have uh, where you have a big at-risk population, which are people who are elderly and oftentimes infirm and not able to move. Uh, uh, the other uh, clusters that have been reported are in where a large number of people are kind of packed and clustered together. Uh, a typical example, you know, the South Dakota uh, uh, agricultural plant where I think it was a uh, pork-producing facility. Right. You had a lot of people working together in close quarters. Uh and in situations where the, where social distancing in terms of six feet may not be terribly practical. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're the person working outside the home, I think, I think the really important things to remember are, number one, social distancing. And at the end of the day, I think the single most important thing is the maintaining six feet separation whenever feasible. Uh, that's just uh, – that, that is a uh, – uh, that's one thing. The second most important thing – is the mask. And the reason for that is that coronavirus, like, you know, it impacts cells in the nose and the upper respiratory tract. And that's what one reason why it makes it so easy to spread, because that's also a good place to catch it. Hmm. So the mask, and, and, and I think the important thing about the mask is uh, N95 and the mask can protect you, but more importantly, it protects the people around you. If you happen to be unknowingly infected, and 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 uh, you breathe out and you have or cough or sneeze or whatever the mask will capture a lot a big chunk of that and and so and so it works kind of both ways i'm not recommending that you wear a mask at home and i do think that you should be very clear about your protected bubble about who you're going to kind of be co-exposed with and for most people those are family units uh now that said for you and for your son wearing a mask outside uh 
I'm a big fan of hand sanitizer and, and or washing hands. Soap and water works just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and washing hands frequently when you have interface interactions with folks. Uh, gloves are also very useful if you're going to be working directly, like in clinical situations with people that are uh, that we know are infected. Uh, but there's a there's a trick with the gloves, and that is uh, uh, if you constantly uh, are touching things or working with people, stuff gets on your hands. And the studies are really clear: humans touch their face all the time. Uh, so when you're wearing the gloves, they're both to protect from getting stuff on your hands, but more importantly, they should be a reminder, oh, I've got gloves on. I can't touch my face. That's how most people kind of cross-contaminate themselves. Uh, so, so that's really important. Uh, for some folks, I actually recommend wearing goggles, not, not necessarily because of spraying their eyes, but, you know, if you're one that, you know, scratches around your eyes, that, that'll actually help protect you from that. I had an idea about the gloves, and tell me if this sounds crazy, but when I grill, for instance, and say I'm doing a marinade and I'm cutting different things like meat and I'm cutting some vegetables, of course you don't want to touch the raw meat and then the vegetables, but what I do is I buy a case of these cheap uh, nitrile gloves that, that folks often use for cooking and barbecuing, and I'll put on about three layers of gloves on each hand, and as I get one layer dirty, I just peel that off and toss it in the garbage um, if folks were if folks were wanting to take this to the next level and wear gloves when they went into public places, do you see that being effective or or probably not? You know, I, I think that depends on the individual. Yeah. Uh, I, I think most people would, you know, have those kinds of behaviors. They they they, they would adhere to it briefly, and then they would they would, uh, they, they would might kind of abandon it. My my personal mm-hmm. and, and this is not database. This is my personal opinion. I would focus on one layer of gloves, and then anytime you take your, your the gloves off, to actually use hand sanitizer. I mm-hmm. think that probably that that's probably now you know now I think folks who are contractors, hope people who are used to having to wear protective equipment. I think your your scenario work would work just fine. But I think that for for a general audience, uh, I would argue wearing the gloves when you know you're going to be working in in places that are protected, or mm-hmm. if you're going to be in big crowds. The glove being a reminder not to touch your face, and then when you take the glove off, throw them away, and then and then once the gloves are off your hands, use the hand sanitizer so that so that any residual viral elements are gone. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're talking with Dr. David Peden. He is the professor of pediatrics at UNC, also senior associate dean for translational research. And, Doctor, we've just gotten a whole bunch of questions coming in as people listen to this, and we've run out of time, but would you be able to call in for next week's show and we just do a rapid-fire discussion of questions that people might have about uh, COVID-19 and related things? Uh, That'd be great. I look forward to it. All right. Well, we'll have the doctor back, and we want to remind you, you can go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, because Donnie's going to have a whole lot of homework to put all this stuff up on the Facebook site and get links in there to information, also the uh, doctor's biography, that you can read that at your own time. But we uh, are very appreciative that you came in, doctor. We'll call you next week, and we'll just knock out a whole bunch of questions for people to answer. It was an honor, doctor. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time. It's uh, even more of an honor to be your contractor on Speed Dial. Well, well, thank you very much. Uh, We we appreciate all the hard work you do, and it's my pleasure and honor to be on your show. And remember this, if you need any work done on your house, you can call Donnie Blanchard and SureTop Roofing. And if you need your roof inspected, just give them a call. They'll come out and give you a free estimate. And what's the best thing you can tell anybody when you look at their roof, Donnie? Your roof looks great. Call me next year. And we'll see you next week with Dr. Peden.
Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by Shoretop Roofing. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. 